Thanksgiving is officially upon us, and football fans alike will have some juicy matchups to sink their teeth in on that day. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Secret Weapon Consulting and Power 88. I'm Adam Wright, and it's just me today. So Tuck and CJ are, they're both on their way home, coming back from college. So it's just me. And uh, we have some great topics for you guys today. We've got the uh, 49ers we're going to talk about. And they just routed the Cardinals on Monday night football, 38 to 10. And the possibility of them being able to contend with Jimmy Garoppolo. And also the Jets being noncommittal to Zach Wilson after falling 10 to 3 to the Patriots. We're going to preview all of the Thanksgiving games. Of course, as always, we're going to have our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix, where we're going to do our waiver wire pickups for this week. Uh, and we are going to start off with the 49ers. So they've won their third straight game after a 38-10 to win over the Cardinals, as I just mentioned. Uh, they take over the AFC East, uh, excuse me, the AFC West lead. And don't, don't look now, but they are now the three seed in the NFC after previously being in the seventh seed. And they could, so I want to look at the possibility of them being able to make a run with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. It was looking like Garoppolo was going to be this bridge guy who was not really going to be able to take them to the promised land, but was able to be kind of a, a bridge quarterback. Maybe that narrative is changing, especially with the offensive talent around him now. And it's looking absolutely lethal. If any, if, if, if Monday night football's uh, game was any indication, wow. Christian McCaffrey is on, on pace to have a Christian McCaffrey-like year. And all of us have been, been kind of waiting for him to get hurt and, you know, another ACL tear, another knee injury, shoulder injury, something. And he'd be out, high ankle sprain, something like that, and he'd be done for the year. He, we haven't had that yet. We haven't seen anything where he is going to be, you know, hurt this year. He's, he's looked like his normal, his normal self where he wasn't injury prone, which is great for the 49ers. Um, on the other end, Debo Samuel, who was previously hurt as well, he's back and healthy. He looks like his normal self. He had a touchdown on Monday Night Football. Brandon Ayuk caught two touchdown passes himself, and he's on pace for over 1,000 yards. George Kittle had two touchdowns himself, and he's found his old form in recent weeks. And on top of, so on top of all of these weapons, very good offensive line to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. And McCaffrey isn't alone in that backfield. Also, there's Elijah Mitchell, who actually on a yards per carry basis has outpaced Christian McCaffrey. Now I'll have to I'll have to pull up the uh, the stats for uh, who out carried who, but in a, from an efficiency standpoint, Elijah Mitchell in the past couple of weeks has actually been better than McCaffrey. Now McCaffrey, if you're looking at fantasy football or looking at you know an all around production basis, McCaffrey blows him out of the water because McCaffrey he can play, um, he can run the ball, he can catch it, he can even throw it. So this guy can, McCaffrey can do anything. But if we're looking at all these pieces that Elijah Mitchell 
uh, excuse me, that uh, that the 49ers can work with, Elijah Mitchell's one of them. He's kind of worked his way in that conversation as one of these guys who's actually kind of crucial for them. I mean, they, you know, they don't have to lean completely on Christian McCaffrey and make it so that, you know, his workload isn't too big and it's not an injury waiting to happen. Now, he could still get hurt, but so far so good for McCaffrey, so far so good for that backfield. So I think this so the, the this 49ers team is in the it's in the conversation right now. Like they they're in the mix. I mean, the NFC is wide open right now. Besides I mean, besides the Eagles and kind of the Vikings, who else is there? There's the Cowboys. The Cowboys look like a good all-around team. But that's pretty much it. There's not much out there in the NFC. So it's really wide open. And if the 49ers can make a run here, then they can actually – it's it's not like there's that one team that's going to that's gonna blow them out of the water. They can do – I think they can do it. Now, for Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not the long-term answer. And they probably won't be able to find a long-term answer for a couple of years because it takes some time to develop an, a young quarterback. And I'm starting to I'm starting to think that Trey Lance isn't the guy either. Um, but looking into next year and per, possibly a couple of years beyond, um, look look to Tampa as a um, and the quarterback who plays there in Tom Brady as a guy who could possibly leave that area and join the Niners because. It, it looks like he needs a fresh start coming off this divorce. It looks like he's not on the same page with his new head coach. And it, it just looks like he needs a change in scenery. And he's always want, we've seen, we've heard reports throughout Tom uh, Brady's entire career that he's always wanted to be a 49er. This is a golden opportunity. And if he, if he, if he still has it, which I believe he does, it, like, that's a that's a team where they should be able to um they should be able to squeeze the last ounce of football that Brady has in uh in them especially since this this 49ers team is kind of built to win now especially with the especially with the the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is in the twilight of his career. It's you're taking it year by year at this point because it, with running backs I believe he's 26 at this age, they start to look they you're taking it year by year at this point because running backs age like milk and you you acquire an elite talent like Christian McCaffrey, it means it 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 tells me that the 49ers have set their timetable to win now. Right now. Are they doing that with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, but they could do it much better with a with a Tom Brady at his best. So next year. Look for Tom Brady to possibly fit into a 49ers uniform. And this year, the Niners should be in the mix to at least make the Super Bowl. What they do once they get there is very dependent on how the the Chiefs do, the Bills, one of those teams. But I mean, it's very it's wide open and it's right there for the 49ers. Now, I was supposed to put up a question banner. Like I said, so this is this is uh it's just me today, as I've mentioned. And, um, I've never done an episode solo. So there it is. My question banner there, 49ers route Cardinals, uh, on Monday night football, 38 to 10. Um, and if this episode winds up being, uh, 
and it probably will wind up being shorter than usual, maybe in the 20s, uh, in minutes, perhaps 30s. Um, but, I mean, there's less mouths to, to feed now. It's just me talking. So there's going to be no conversation. Just me talking to myself, this screen, on a, uh, talking to a cloud. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we thank you for tuning in. Uh, but I do want to move on, and I want to get to the Jets and Zach Wilson. So literally just last year, so two drafts ago, Zach Will uh, Zach Wilson was drafted by the Jets. Now it looks like they might be moving on for him sooner rather than later. And we're going to touch on that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am Adam Wright here with you on uh, our last episode before Thanksgiving. We're going to get to that uh, next segment. But in the meantime, I want to touch on the New York Jets. So we've kind of been I've, we've been talking about the Jets all season, when it, whether it's been a good thing or a bad thing. It's we've been up and down on the Jets because it's it's been a roller coaster of a season for them. Let's let's face it. But this this is another uh, yet another chapter in such a crazy season for this Jets team, and the Jets ap- apparently they're not even committing to starting him on a, uh, every week anymore. So it turns out that, um, yeah, they're they're they're. It looks like he he's no guarantee to start next week. So we don't know who's going to start. It could be Mike White. It could be Joe Flacco. It could still be Zach Wilson. But it is not guaranteed anymore, which is a bit of a red flag now. So the Jets lost on Sunday uh, against the, against the rival Patriots, ten to three, and Zach Wilson on Sunday just nine for 22, 77 passing yards, and on the season on the season seventy two point six passer rating, twelve hundred yards, four to five touchdown interception ratio. His numbers have not been indica- uh, indicative at all that this guy could be a starting quarterback in this league. I just, and I I've got to, I've got to be honest. I haven't seen it. Maybe a few flashes here and there, but anybody can show that anyone, any bum quarterback in this league could make a few flashy plays and people could say, Oh, he's going to be great soon. It, it doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't every, every dog has his day and Zach Wilson just hasn't, he hasn't shown it at all. And on top of that, during a press conference, now I will say this was a really stupid question by the by the reporter who asked him this. He asked him uh, if he feels that, and I'm paraphrasing, he asked him if he feels that he let the defense down. Um, and he essentially said, he said, no, no, I don't, I don't feel like I let them down. Dude, you went nine for 22. You didn't even break the triple digits in passing yards. Now, 
to do that is the bare minimum. Like you should be able to do, to get in like at least over a hundred yards. And that's still a bad night. This guy couldn't hit 200, 300. No, 77 passing yards, nine for 22 passing. Those are really, really bad numbers. And uh, there was, there was a stat that came, that came out. I completely, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe what the, the Jets average, like a few inches per play on uh, per down in the third quarter. It was not, it did not look good. Now that it, again, it's a stupid question for the reporter to ask because what, like you are basically saying you sucked in this game. Do you admit that you sucked in this game? Like what, how do you, how are you, how do you exactly do you expect to answer that question? Like you're supposed, I mean, you kind of need to say, yeah, but like, I mean, it's, it's just a bad, he, and coming off a loss like that, Wilson is, that reporter's lucky that Wilson didn't go off at him and be like, why the hell would you ask me that? That's kind of rude. You know? I mean, I, I get it. You're supposed to be honest and you're supposed to. But still, it's it was just, it was kind of a it was kind of it was a stupid question. I, I didn't like that. It's like, what what are you supposed to say to that? Of course, of course, you're kind of now again. Wilson answered it wrong because, you know, it's kind of like Josh Allen a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Yeah, well, it's hard to play. It's hard to play. It's hard for your team to win when your quarterback's playing like, like, uh, like crap, you know." But still. Like, it's that's just a hard question to answer, because like it you 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 need to say like yes, but then why are you answering it? Like why are you asking the question then? He probably knows that he played played like garbage. That was just a we that was just a weird question, to me. Um, but but regardless, um, it's also really another thing another narrative to look at with this is, um, the Jets. We're kind of I've been kind of in the midst of a pl- of a playoff race. This this team is very much in the mix to make the playoffs and maybe win a couple games. And now they're they're currently just outside on the outside looking in, but they're still in the hunt. So it's a it's bizar- it's a little bizarre to me that after one game. Now, I know he's had a couple bad performances, but after one game where he let his team down, that they that they're willing to pull the plug especially since they're they're in the midst of a playoff race. So like I I get it with Zach Wilson, maybe he's he is the guy, maybe he's not. But think about the message you're sending to your locker room that you're saying we're going to pl- we don't believe this guy's the guy who we took in the first or who we took in the first round. This that's that could cause some problems. It's like do do you not believe in us? Do you not believe that this team ha- really has it? Because once you once you start once you bench your starting quarterback, then usually that means that you're 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 hitting the panic button at that point. Now you could the case can be made that you know they they could be going moving on to a backup because they need better play because they're trying to make a run. But most teams know that when your starting quarterback isn't playing very well and they go to their backup. Usually the backup's not going to do well either because it's a he's a backup. There's he's a backup for a reason. So that could be a little bit of a concern there. Um now the Jets could still wind up winning games with Mike White or Joe Flacco. Both have proven to put up good performances in the past with the Jets. 
uh, this season and the past season. So it's a possibility that they could pl- they could they could play better. Um, but the reality is, even when they were winning, they also they weren't really winning because of the quarterback play either. They were winning because of the running game. Brees Hall was the reason. Rookie Brees Hall was the reason they were winning games. He was practically carrying that offense. And the the quarterback play was kind of just don't screw it up. Like that was kind of the style. It was it was a game manager type of type of play. So yes, like it's going it it does the quarterback play does matter, but I mean the loss of Brees Hall is huge. And I like James Robinson. I like Michael Carter. They're not the type of they're not the type of players, even together in a collective effort, who could put the team on their backs and be able to carry the offense to produce enough to win games. I just don't see it. Brees Hall, Brees Hall could. He had top five. Uh, he had top five potential from the play that we saw him, uh, from the limited time that we saw him in in the beginning of the season when he was leading them to wins. But he's there, like he now he's gone, and they were able to the and Robinson with Michael Carter were able to lead them to one win. It was an, it was an impressive one, granted, but it was that one game. Then they went and they they uh, laid an egg again. <laughs> they laid an egg against a uh, uh, against a inferior Patriots team. So it's not looking good for the Jets right now. And um, they could win a couple games. Maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs still. I don't know. But I just think it's not the best indication when you're publicly saying we're not committing to our second our second overall pick quarterback. Uh, just in, 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 not even through his second season. That's a real that 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 tells me that they're really, really hitting the panic button here. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I want to move on. And coming up next, we have uh, we're going to preview each Thanksgiving game, and we're going to get uh, all the ins and outs from each matchup. Uh, Thanksgiving football is always the most exciting. Uh, among the most exciting, uh, um, the most exciting slates of games uh, during uh, during the NFL regular season. So very excited for that. Excited to preview it. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam right here. So we are officially at our Thanksgiving uh, Day slate of games. It is on uh, this Thursday. So getting to the this first matchup, we have Bills at Lions, which starts at 12.30 p.m. So first and foremost, the Bills owe a big thank you to uh, Detroit 
for lending their stadium after their game got uh, snowed out with a historic snowstorm, four to six feet. I know a lot of people out there really wanted um, a lot of people really wanted a, a snowball for that. And it would have been kind of cool to see te- uh, pl- players try to play in six to f- uh, four to six feet of snow, but it just gets dangerous at, at one point. And I, we, uh, on our last episode, we kind of pre, we kind of looked at all the different matchups that happened in the snow. They were all just a few inches and maybe a little over a foot at most. And most of it was plowed during the game. So it's like, yeah, I, we enjoy playing football in the snow, but come on. But uh, the Lions offense usually hangs tight with good teams. Jared Goff has proven uh, time and time again this uh, – he's really reminded us in his tenure with, uh, with the Lions just how underrated he is in that after his, ten, after his time with, uh, with the Rams – He's kind of everyone thought this guy's overrated. Yes, he's so he's he is the number one overall pick. So yes, he's overrated based on what his his potential is supposed to be. But it, but he's really proven that he that he's still a pretty good quarterback. And there's a reason that he was able to go to a Super Bowl and make a few playoff appearances as well during his time with the Rams. And he's helped and he's helped um, a lot with this Lions offense and helped. Uh, really helped uh, develop. Help. He's helped develop a lot of pieces on that on that uh, on that Lions offense. So really, props to him. So they've pro- so this Lions team has been able to hang with these good teams. So I believe it will be closer than we think, but the Bills are going to win it over the Lions in the end. It'll be. It, I'm sure it'll be a close game, and maybe the Bills will win by somewhat of a comfortable margin, but. Don't count out the Lions to at least make it close. And don't count out an upset either. Any given Sunday. Remember that. Also, Giants at Cowboys. That game's starting at 4.30. So, as always. So, the Lions, as we previously mentioned, they play every Thanksgiving. Cowboys as well, as they were the first two uh, first teams to do it on Thanksgiving. And um, so, the Giants, it's important to note, first and foremost, the Giants are one and two since their hot six and one start. Um, also, they have a lot of injuries on that offensive line. Their center is out, and so is their their uh, their prized first round tackle in Evan Neal. He's done as well, uh, at least for this game. And the Cowboys are kind of they're just arguably more talented at every position except maybe running back. And Tony Pollard don't I mean Tony Pollard's no pushover and. Ezekiel Elliott can still uh, can still make an impact as well. Um, so I'm I'm gonna take the cow. It's I'm gonna make this this one short and sweet. I'm taking the Cowboys, and it won't really be particularly close. I know the Giants had a had a great start to their year, but it's they're starting to come back down to earth a little bit, especially with this one and two start. Uh, they they I mean the teams they lost to weren't that good. I mean they just they lost to the Lions this past Sunday. And the Lions are—they're a team that's kind of in rebuild mode. They're not; their top priority really isn't winning games. Of course, they're going to say they're going to—they want to win games, but like they're looking for a high draft pick, get some uh, get some good pieces. Their top priority just isn't winning games, and the Giants managed to lose to that team. 
Going on to our next matchup, it's prime time where we have the Patriots visiting the Vikings. Um, so the first thing to note on this is Kirk Cousins in his last eight primetime games, three and five. Now, you could make an argue make an argument that you know these that these games, um, it's a team sport, you know, but when you when you throw ten interceptions in that span, you kind of can blame it on that one guy, because if you turn the ball over, you are not giving your team a chance to win games. And on top of that, the Patriots are two and zero against Cousins. Now, granted, both of those games were with Tom Brady, but um, still, also Vikings without left tackle Christian Derisaw, and Matt Judon is going to have a field day there. So it's bad enough that uh, that Kirk Cousins struggles on prime time, but when he has a wild Matt Judon in his face then it's going to be even worse. So the, the so and grant, granted the Patriots haven't had the best season. They've they're they're 6 and 4, but they've beat they've beaten up on some on some not that good teams. And so I just I, I just think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Not not so much to the point where where it was Patriots Jets this past Sunday, but it'll still be there will only be a couple of touchdowns. I think this will be close, but I actually have the Patriots pulling the upset in a low-scoring game, and they'll advance to seven and four. Um, but also, like a part of me th- is thinking about this. It's the Vikings are eight and two, the Patriots are six and four, and they haven't had the best year. Part of me wants to say that the Vikings are going to win this game because they, I mean, they have more talent. Justin Jefferson is better than anything the Patriots have in that in that wide receiver room, and the Viking, the uh, Minnesota also blows them out of the water at the running back position. Dalvin Cook, even their backup Alexander Madison, and it's it's actually pretty close with their with their pass rush. Zadarius Smith versus uh, um, on the other end Matt Judon, and the Patriots do have what is it the third most sacks in the league. So the and also, um, and bo- both offensive lines are banged up. So I wouldn't. I, I think I could see. I could very realistic, very very realistically see either one of these teams coming out with a victory. But I'm going to take the Patriots in an upset. Kirk Cousins has shown time and time again he can't play uh, in prime time games. Ten interceptions in eight games. A three and five record. So there is your Thanksgiving matchups, and we're going to move on to our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix. We're, go- we're going to hit on our waiver wire pickups for Week 12. That's next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam right here, and we have reached our Fumble Rooski fantasy fix, and we are on to our Week 12 waiver wire pickups. So starting with the running back, as always, we have Samahe Pirine after Joe Mixon went down, and we have Latavius Murray after the Broncos recently let go Melvin Gordon with his fumble issues. So Latavius Murray is going to be taking over that backfield along with uh, actually just Latavius Murray, essentially. Um, At wide receiver, we have Josh Palmer and Traylon Burks. At tight end, we have Austin Hooper and Juwan Johnson. For quarterback streamers, we have Jimmy Garoppolo versus New Orleans. And we have Marcus Mariota at Washington. Uh, we have defense and, uh, excuse me, for defense streamers, we have Commanders versus Atlanta and Broncos at Carolina. So that was your Fumble Rooski fantasy fix. Uh, we're going to move on and stay tuned for the Fumble Rooski fan box where we're going to ask about you, uh, where we asked you guys about your offensive rookie of the year picks so far this season a lot of great rookies from this draft class so i wanted to ask who do you guys have as your offensive uh rookie of the year so far so that's next this is the fumble rooski podcast This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am Adam Wright, and we have reached our Fumble Rooski fan box. So, we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. Now, the question of the week was Who is your pick? for Offensive Rookie of the Year so far this season. So starting with Benny Dolphin, he, uh, he, picked Kev- he, he picked Kenneth Walker. So Kenneth Walker is a guy who has already almost 600 yards this season and is on pace for over 1,000 yards, has been a big piece of that youth movement over in Seattle and a, a big part of the reason why they're 6-4 and four so far this year. Uh, so moving on, we have Ian Mulhern who said Chris Olave. Olave is averaging 12, is on pace to get over 1,200 yards this season. So he is having a great year. Uh, Tyson Tate, if he uh, said, if he would have stayed healthy, got to give him respect, but Evan Neal. So Evan Neal is a tackle, and he was taken with the top, with a, he was taken top 10 in the 2022 NFL draft. And he was helping them a lot, the the Giants. He was keeping Daniel Jones upright for one of the first times in his 
in his career. He was he actually had some clean pockets. Only problem is he went down, and now Daniel Jones is the fourth most sacked quarterback in the NFL. So that kind of tells you the impact that he made on that team. And it's unfortunate because the Giants are starting to lose some games, as I mentioned in the previous segment when we, I was previewing the Thanksgiving, uh, the Thanksgiving giving day games. Um, but Grayson Mortimer said if he didn't get hurt, would have been Brees Hall. Brees Hall, as I mentioned, he was a force, an absolute force for the Jets, not just in the running game, but in the receiving game. He was leading that offense. And him, along with the defense, was carrying the Jets to wins. And it's really unfortunate to see a good young talent like that uh, go, especially with an ACL tear, because it usually, especially with running backs, when a, court, when a running back tears his ACL, you can count on them to be back and be what they previously were the season after next year. So Brees Hall will be back, but he won't look like his old his usual self in 2023. I will I will take all of the Brees Hall stock in 2024. That's when he's going to be his, his healthy self. Barring any other setbacks or any other injuries he suffers, don't count on Brees Hall to uh to be his normal self for a little while. And it's really sad to see. But um Isaac Zonana also said Olave. And the fact that Ola uh, Chris Olave is able to get 1200 yards possibly as a rookie not only that like as a rookie but for the team that he's on there's been a there's been a, a really bad quarterback controversy over there in new orleans we all thought that Jameis winston was turning a corner in his playing career it turns out it's not so much he's kind of back to his old self turning the ball over all the time and he's gotten hurt and now andy dalton has taken over at quarterback he's not that good and they also have Tata, uh, uh, Taysom Hill, who's been kind of transitioning over to pretty much anywhere where they need help. Wide receiver, tight end, running back, uh, special teams, defense even. So they're using him. But Chris but Chris Olave is still putting up points, especially since he really wasn't that highly touted coming out of college. Like, of course, he was projected to be a first-round pick, but he was a popular pick by most NFL fans and analysts to be a bust. It was, and he wasn't even the best wide receiver coming out of, coming out of his, of his school. It was supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be Zach uh, Wilson, who was going to be the better of the Ohio state wide receivers. And it turns out not so much. Turns out Olave is the better guy and Garrett Wilson's still been pretty good. Just Olave is really just, He's translated like that fast. He's had a good year so far. So uh, props to him. Uh, Secret Weapon Consulting said, Patriots number 13, and then in all caps, Jones. All right. So I'm glad you said number 13, because if you didn't, I would not have, I would not have any clue who you're talking about when talking about Jones on a, page, on a Patriots team, because there are, there's, I'm I'm pretty sure there's what three in our in their secondary alone, where you've got Jonathan Jones, the slot corner. You've got Marcus Jones, who's primarily primarily a uh, a special teams corner, and there's also obviously Jack Jones, who he was talking about, number thirteen. And <coughs> excuse me, 
Uh, then there's Mac Jones, of course. Their number 15 overall pick, the quarterback from the 2021 NFL draft. Um, so talking about Mac jo- uh, Jack Jones, yeah, he's having a really good year, and he's a pleasant surprise. That being said, uh, Jack Jones, he's he's cornerback two material, and I'll tell you why. He's played in just over half of the offense of the excuse of the team's defensive snaps in 10 games. So that that means basically five, that means basically five game five full games he's played. So take those numbers, five full games. He's allowed nearly 300 yards in coverage. In five games he's allowing 300 yards. Are those are those CB1 numbers? I don't think so. Just not it's just not good enough. He's a number 2 corner. He's a pleasant surprise. He's a very good corner, but I don't see I don't see him as being a number 1 corner and certainly not offensive rookie of the year. Oh, also, this is offensive rookie of the year, not defensive rookie of the year. That's that's another thing. But he's still he's still having he's having a good year, so don't get me wrong. And as a Patriots fan, as a Patriots fan, I will tell you, I am very happy with how Jack, Jack Jones has played. Just let's pump the brakes a little bit. I don't think he's a number one, at least not yet. All right, moving on. Eli Turner said Chris Olave again. Uh, so Chris Olave, uh, what what else is there to add for him? I mean, he's he's been an incredible piece, and he's he's um. He's contributing on on all levels. He's been scoring touchdowns as well, and I don't have the touchdown stats uh, in front of me. I'll look it up real quick on Pro Football Reference. Uh, uh, Chris Olave, uh, because I'm pretty sure he scored a lot of cut. Uh, so only three, three touchdowns, but 760 yards. As I said, he's on pace for 1,200 yards, and he's been one of the. I mean, obviously they they still have. Uh, they still have Kamara, so he's a bright spot. But I'll say one of the few bright spots on that team so far, for a team that was kind of kind of ha- low key had expectations to be at least in the hunt for a playoff spot, and they're anything but. I mean, I guess they technically are since they're in the uh, in the NFC in the NFC South, which is one of the worst divisions in football, if not the worst division in football. But still. Like he's, he's having a great year, Chris Olave. Um, and he's, he, he, eleva- he, he went above and beyond for my, uh, uh, for my expectations because I didn't have, I didn't have him doing much and he's proving me wrong real fast. Um, Landon Weber also said Kenneth Walker, um, to add on to it. I mean, he's, he's really taken advantage of, he's really taken advantage of the injuries of uh, Rashad Penny and then Chris Carson deciding to retire. It was looking like it was going to be a committee for that backfield. And then Penny's gone. And then Carter, uh, uh, Carson, Chris Carson retires. So it left that backfield all to himself. So good, good for him. Good for him that he's able to really capitalize on that. But Robert Canedo said, Kenny Pickett. And obviously this was a joke because Kenny Pickett has not impressed at all and it's not like this was a this was a very good quarterback draft class to begin with but he's started some games 
And the fact that Kenny Pickett is playing like this with the offense that he has around him, not the best offensive line, but he has Najee Harris to pepper with targets, which is exactly what Ben Roethlisberger before him the year prior did, and he did pretty well. They made the playoffs somehow. And on top of that, you also you uh on top of that, uh you also have you you had Chase Claypool and he did nothing with him. He has a he has George Pickens, he has Deontay Johnson. That's a pretty good offense right there. And Pat Fryermuth uh, at tight end. And they have a pretty good defense. And he's done nothing with that. Just tells me all I need to know about Kenny Pickett. He can't play. Simple as that. He's not that good. Um, but obviously that was a joke uh, that uh, for him him putting uh, for Canito putting it here. Uh, Stephen Parker said Damian Pierce or Kenneth Walker or Chris Olave. So we've touched on Kenneth Walker and Chris Olave. So I'll I'll hit on Damian Pierce because he's our only uh, vote for da- uh, Damian Pierce. He's having a good year, and similar to Kenneth Walker, he's having he's he's been one of he. Um, He's a, he's a big, uh, excuse, similar, excuse me, similar to Chris Olave. He's one of the few bright spots on a team that's not doing that well this year. Um, and similar to Kenneth Walker, a big time surprise. And he's really, um, he's really exceeding expectations. So good for him. Um, and also Kenneth Walker's doing it behind a good offensive line. The uh, the Texans offense the Texans O line is not that good, and Pierce is still finding ways to produce. So good for him, good for him. He deserves yeah I'd say he deserves some recognition. Uh, Mallory Kleppel uh, said she said Kenneth Walker as well. It's also they also have a good offensive line. The Seahawks their offensive line is the best it's played in years, and I mean years. Like that guy. I mean, there's a reason Russell Wilson wasn't that happy there because he was, he was getting killed every other play. They didn't invest much in that offensive line up until now. And it's working out. It's working out. It's helping. It's helping that running game. It's helping Geno Smith as well. And it's helping the Seahawks become six and four. Um, And it it does, it it goes a long way where, uh, whereas before that offensive line for the Seahawks was a weakness now it's a strength and it goes a long way. And now here we are, they're six and four. They're deep in the playoff conversation. And this is a, this is a team that should be, that should be at least in the hunt for the playoffs for most of the, for uh, I'll say the entire, I'll say the entire year. Um, and they were the three seed up until literally last night when the 49ers just put on that clinic. So Absolute, very, very, very impressive season for the Seahawks. Uh, but Chris Kostich said Kenneth Walker. So another Kenneth Walker vote. Also, biggest draft steal of the year. Picked him with my last pick in fantasy. So this was a guy who I was looking to take through a fantasy football perspective in um, in in the later rounds. I'm pretty sure I only managed to get him in one league. Um, just because other people had the same idea and they kind of stashed him on his bench. I was trying to trade him, trade for him a couple of times, but wasn't able to do it. And I wasn't really, I wasn't really any hurry until Rashad Penny went down. And then I realized, oh shoot. And especially since he was already putting up good numbers with Penny being in a committee. 
So that just meant that he was going to explode even more and it didn't. So he's having a great year and it leaves me kicking myself for not making a bigger, uh, for not making a bigger effort at trying to acquire him after I didn't land him in the draft. But uh, Brian Muckner said Brees Hall, but he tore his ACL. So my pick, so my pick is Chris Olave. So Chris Olave, again, good pick. Uh, Brees Hall. So if he didn't tear his ACL, I would say, for me at least, he's the slam dunk favorite to win, uh, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, which says something because this has actually been a pretty good ro- uh, rookie class, especially, with, uh, with, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and Brees Hall was tearing it up as the second-round pick and the Jets also took Garrett Wilson at the with the number 10 overall pick. And he has been pr- playing pretty well as well. And Brees and <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Brees Hall was playing circles around him. So Hall, he would have been the slam dunk pick for me. Um, and it's unfortunate again that he tore his ACL. Um, but Connor Fallon said K9. So I'm not a Seahawks fan, and I don't, I'm not familiar too familiar with the nicknames, at least with the rookies right now. K9, I'm, I'm going to assume that means Kenneth Walker because it, his first name is a starts with a K, and his number is nine. So I'm going to assume I'm going to assume that. Just making making an educated guess. I'll look it up in a in a minute, but um, there's not much to add with Kenneth Walker. That's a good pick. And I could very easily see him see him taking it. The environment he's been he's been in has been great, and the Seahawks for years have been a run first offense, and they've actually they've only recently been able to achieve like actually full success with it because, like I said, their offensive line hasn't been hasn't been very good in recent years, and now it is, and they're able to work it out with a, with a coaching staff that loves to run the ball. And Gene, they have Geno Smith, who's been buying into buying into it, and they have a good uh, they have a good passing uh, passing game, led by the likes of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Will Disley, Noah Fant, so that uh, defenses don't stack the box on Kenneth Walker. So it's a great environment for him to succeed, and he's been taking advantage of it. So good. So that's a good pick. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised by any means if Kenneth Walker one uh, offensive rookie of the year. Same with Chris Olave. He's having a great year as well. We had a vote for Damian Pierce and uh, Jack Jones. Obviously he's a corner, so you can't, he can't win offensive rookie of the year, but defensive, like I said, he has a shot, but I would pump the brakes on him because he is playing very well, but not good enough to win a rookie of the year award. I just don't think so. And certainly not, to be a, a a number one corner, at least not yet, as I said. Um, but any other votes? We had Evan Neal. That was an interesting one. Um, Evan Neal, he's going to be. He could be. He he's uh, so he could get healthy. Um, and he's supposed to be back soon. But he was playing well up until he got hurt, and now Daniel Jones is one of the mo- is the fourth most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Um, and we got some Brees Hall votes saying if he didn't get hurt. So we got three of those. 
One for one for two for Brees Hall, one for Evan Neal, saying if they didn't get hurt. And it's always a tragedy. And it's always one of those great what ifs. We can say that about a lot of players, about anything, any sort of narrative in sports. If they didn't get hurt, this would have happened. And you can make the case, but it sucks because injury, I mean, nobody likes injuries. I hate injuries. Injuries suck. All right. Well, that'll uh, that's it for us tonight. So that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. We also have uh, also be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving over and out.